Reports from the Miami Herald are that Miami is moving ahead. But what exactly does that mean? And is that the right decision for the team? Plus the latest on Tyler Hero's contract extension. And if there's a move left for the Heat to make, we'll break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Thursday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be watching or listening on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. We'll be talking a little bit about what's next for Tyler Hero because his contract extension looms large in terms of what Miami is able to do to acquire a superstar in any potential trade. And is there any kind of roster move left that the Heat could possibly make to upgrade that team? But we'll start off with this report from the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson and Anthony Chang co-reporting that, quote, while the Miami Heat remain interested in Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets have displayed little interest in the Heat's offer for the high-scoring superstar, and Miami is, quote, mooning ahead with its current roster for the next season, according to sources briefed on the situation. Through the Nets, though the Nets would have interest in Bam Adebayo in a Durant trade, the Heat has not included Adebayo in offers for Durant and appears disinclined to do so. So that's pretty substantial there, kind of concretizing exactly what we've been talking about, that Miami is stuck on... Wanting to acquire KD, not having anything substantially of interest for the Nets in order to acquire KD and not willing to give up Bam and Abaya. Yeah, and it kind of feels like whatever sort of hope that they did have fizzled out. And I don't know how much this is related to the recent report that the Celtics are putting Jalen Brown on the table, but um, all of this stuff is related. If if the Heat aren't willing to put Bam out of bio in a trade for Kevin Durant, which you and I have talked enough about and you and I both agree, yeah, you can't really put Bam in that deal. Right. Uh, for you know, long term, it just it doesn't look good. But uh, <laughs> if Tyler Hero is your best option, and that's sort of the best player you're putting into that deal, and the Celtics have Jalen Brown on the table, then you're ready to kind of admit, all right, we're not competing with some of these best offers. Not to mention the fact that you're already not competing with the Knicks on Donovan Mitchell. And so, look, it just sort of feels like the Heat wanted to just be able to trade Tyler Hero and some draft picks and maybe some other filler salary for some sort of superstar player. And now that that's not going to happen, that's why they're quote-unquote comfortable moving ahead with this roster is because it's the only option they have left, right? right? Free agency's done. There's no good players left anymore. Uh, the best players out there, quote-unquote out there, are Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, and you're not getting any of those guys. And so, yeah. Now you're comfortable moving ahead because you just you got to be. Yeah. There's no other option here if you're Miami. This, you're just sort of stuck with this. And it kind of feels like this team tried to swing for the fences with some sort of superstar deal. And sometimes when you swing for the fences, you strike out. And it kind of feels like this offseason they struck out. Yeah, you and I were talking about this uh, right before we started recording and, and kind of just going over everything. And I, I always harken back, and I know I've mentioned on the show before, like we were sitting in the Pat Riley's end of season press conference and he's talking about this team and, and you know that they had exceeded expectations to get to that point but also falling short of where they wanted to be which is the nba finals and of course an nba champion but looking at this roster recognizing as riley's talking oh you know we we could move forward or we could stand pat if we had to etc but always looking at what pat's mo is you know they wanted to upgrade this roster they wanted to blow things up make substantial changes and yet the plan to do so 
feels like there wasn't much of a plan at all. And that's that's kind of war because, again, Heat fans are hardwired to think in Pat we trust. And there's been plenty of times where Pat has been ex- excellent at doing what he has to do in order to upgrade this roster. But when you're looking at what this team has been able to accomplish this offseason, which is to say not much other than lose P.J. Tucker and re-sign their own players, if your plan on acquiring Donovan Mitchell and KD was based on I don't know, a middling offer at best. It doesn't sound like much of a plan at all. And I wonder I wonder whether or not they intended to just bring PJ back and run it back. You know, I, I think it seems like that might have been plan A and then plan B was like, mm. oh, well, he's gone. Let's pivot to see whether or not somebody's available. And then you hear about Kyrie, lukewarm interest from the Heat front office there. You hear about Donovan Mitchell. Again, Not he hasn't expressed anything publicly. There is no intention from Mitchell to leave the Utah Jazz, although we wonder, and we've wondered on this show, how happy he could possibly be on a rebuilding Jazz team. But that's a whole conversation that the Jazz should be having, not locked on heat. So there wasn't much of a plan to acquire Donovan Mitchell. He kind of just fell or has sort of fallen, but they don't have enough to acquire him, right. and they don't have enough to acquire KD. Again, I don't think anybody expected the Nets to blow up their roster this uh, this season, no. and yet here they are. Not with with not much of a plan, and then doing their best to try and acquire these superstar players, but realistically, logically, not having enough to get it done. And you wonder whether or not they would have done things differently at the start of the offseason because maybe they didn't re-sign PJ because they didn't want to put their their eggs in that basket in order to acquire KD. They didn't want to have all their dominoes in the basket in order to acquire KD, Donovan, right. or anybody else. I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting question about this Heat front office. I, I, I think they had a plan, but it was sort of like a plus. It wasn't a full plan. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just sort of, hey, we have limited resources already. Mm-hmm. We're a team that has routinely traded away future first-round picks. We don't have a ton of good young players to include in a trade. We have Bam and we have Tyler. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think when, when you're looking at the P.J. Tucker thing, I don't think plan A was keeping him, even though I do think that they were trying to keep him. I think the For plan sure. was, okay, let's hope that we can re-sign him at something less than the full mid-level exception, which would hard cap our roster. Uh, they just weren't willing to get hard cap. Not because they were predicting that Kevin Durant would request a trade or that the Jazz would start blowing things up. I just think that they knew we have such limited resources already, we can't further uh, handicap ourselves in regards to our flexibility, mm. uh, especially from a salary standpoint. And if P.J. Tucker comes back, great. We're going to put it out there in public. We love this guy. Right. He's a Heat guy. We want him back. Maybe they didn't anticipate Philadelphia paying him $10 million a year until he's 40 years old. I could understand that, that you don't expect the Sixers to do that. And so when that happened, I think they said, you know what? P.J. Tucker's a really good player, but he's just not worth $10 million a year over three years. It's just not worth it. And and you try to maybe fill in the gaps elsewhere. The question I have is why didn't you try to fill in that power forward spot with other things? Instead, what they did was they inflated contracts for Victor Oladipo and inflated a contract for Dwayne Dedman in order to bring those guys back, which again... Good. I think that makes sense from, from like a Excel spreadsheet kind of uh, uh, thinking in that you're trying to create stackable salaries for a future trade. But I, I kind of wonder, hey, like, did you did you kind of miss the boat and kind of forget that you don't have a starting power forward? Did yeah. you just think that you were going to get one somehow? Um, and that would be my only thing that I would do over if I were them is try to figure out a starting caliber power forward earlier in the offseason when it's clear that P.J. Tucker was not going to resign, which was clear before the moratorium ended. You had plenty of chance to figure out a plan B at power forward. But um, no, I think this has been the plan the whole time. And I think it is the plan going forward is that you just try to keep your powder dry as much as possible on the limited draft picks you have, the limited resources you have to make a trade. Because this is a team that, yes, 
They were a shot away from making the NBA Finals, and every Heat fan wants to keep talking about that. And hey, how important was P.J. Tucker really? If you just get improvement from these, this guy, this guy, and that guy, can the Heat get back to where they were? And my answer was, and is, I don't know, but I know that the Heat don't think that they're that good because everything they've done this entire offseason oozes desperation for another superstar, oozes desperation. And you got teams like Philadelphia and Milwaukee happily going into the luxury tax in the Eastern Conference right. and, and making moves to supplement their already existing championship core. If Miami thought it had a championship core, it would be making moves to supplement that core, not looking to shake it up dramatically, which is obviously what they're trying to do. They just, I, I think they see themselves as a team that has, if not reached their peak, just played as well as they possibly could cohesively. Like yes, yes. yep. And that's that's a tough sell for Heat fans. It's like you're saying we're we're, we're really good. Well, you know we're going to try our hardest. We're going to try our damnedest. But at the same time, realistically, we're just not a powerhouse. We're not as good as some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference, and that's why we need to make these changes. It's not the same kind of comfort level they had during the Big Three era, where it was like you're amassing three of the top ten best players in the NBA at that point in time, and everybody else is going to sign up to join them because, well, they want to ring chase, and that's just realistic. This is not that same group. You're not going to be able to lure players for minimum contracts knowing you're going to have to claw and scratch your way through every win in December, January, February, March, etc., just to get to where they were last season and hope, hope that something breaks right in their favor. So that's a that's a tough place to be. So I, I, it's just... It's hard to see how they kind of bounce back from this because, well, I, I guess no other option other than to say we really like this team and we're just moving ahead, which is kind of where they are right now. But we'll talk a little bit about the next major domino to potentially fall when it comes to their contract negotiations, which is the signing of the Tyler Hero extension. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But if you haven't tried Bill Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough. I love it. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new flavor. Uh, cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. They've got all the nutrients you might be looking for in a protein bar without sacrificing any of the taste. Run to Built.com right now. Snag a box for you and the family. It's a perfect treat where you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. Uh, you're going to love the new cookie dough chuck puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout or a late-night treat or just to grab a quick bite, Built is a perfect protein bar, and they taste better than the candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. So go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your order if you use the promo code LOCK15, but only if you go to Built.com. Starting Monday, August 1st, just next Monday, join us as we watch the one that started it all, the 2006 NBA Finals. D-Wade, Shaq, Zoe, Pat Riley bringing their first championship parade down Biscayne Boulevard. We'll break down every game, have exclusive interviews, and much more. So subscribe to the show on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Wes, we started a rewatch recently. And just watching that first game, man, boy, Dwayne Wade was so good. At just 2006 era, Dwayne right. Wade, absolutely unstoppable. What a fun Can you put him on this roster? They could really use a guy like that. <laughs> he might be their secondary scorer. I, I yeah. think he could. He could. He could really complement this currently built roster. I mean, right. At this point, I'd take Antoine Walker. I don't know. He'd be. He'd be fun to have there. Yeah. Uh, man, starting not a lot of three point shooting. Walker. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, not a lot of three-point shooting, but I'm sure we'd figure it out. Why do they shoot threes? Because there are no fours. But anyway, uh, we're talking about Tyler Hero uh, and uh, Ira Winterman. Uh, recently had a piece about Ira Winterman. I'm sorry about about uh, Tyler Hero and what that uh, signing the extension could be. Um, you know that they don't necessarily uh, have. They haven't signed Tyler Hero to the extension, obviously. And they're waiting to do so. And now the the logic to, seems that if they don't sign the extension, that kind of hard caps them as far as being able to make any additional moves. Right now, they could use Hero as the centerpiece of a trade offer. But if they sign that extension, then he basically becomes untradeable throughout the rest of the season because of the outgoing salary being so much more than whatever they'd be able to take in. Right now, his salary is so insignificant or in terms of you know uh, uh, standard NBA deals, you'd be getting a player of a similar value. That won't be the case if he signs the extension, right? I mean, that's basically where we are in terms of Tyler Hero's current right. deal. Right, and this is sort of the artificial deadline that's been created by this Tyler Hero extension. We'll talk in a minute here about whether or not the Heat should just not offer Tyler Hero this extension to maintain that flexibility, which is a conversation worth having. But um, yeah, if you sign Tyler Hero to an extension, the deadline for that is the day before the regular season starts. And if you do sign him to that and you try to trade him after you sign him to the extension, that creates what's called the poison pill provision. And the team that gets him would would be acquiring him at an average of his annual salary on the new extension where the heat sending him out would be sending him out at his current rookie deal uh which right. makes just from a salary matching thing in the nba because you have to match salary in all trades makes it basically impossible and so uh if we're already talking about what miami's starting package and kind of ending package is for a superstar whether it's kevin durant or donovan mitchell or whoever if that right. package is basically tyler hero other salary and draft picks because you're not willing to include Bam Adebayo. Because by the way, if you're not willing to trade Bam Adebayo for Kevin Durant, you're not willing to trade Bam Adebayo, right? Like that's just sort of where we're at at this point. It's and so uh, it, that's an interesting question. Like I don't think he uh, maybe Durant at 34 there might be a factor there, but I think by and large you're right. I could take that premise and accept it as true. Like, right. I mean, the, unless like, unless players. the Warriors call and like, hey, Steph Curry for Bam, you know, it's like, beyond just something that's. Seems completely Astronautical. outlandish at this point. Luka Doncic. Point, right? If Dallas says, you know, we want Luka <laughs> in, in Miami, would you send this Bama to bio? We'll have to consider. I don't know. Luka doesn't play great defense. But um, that was a joke, by the <laughs> way. But that's like, that would be most of the YouTube comments when those things were being negotiated. Um, so with that being said, there's an artificial deadline being created for Miami. And when we talk about what happened this offseason, this is sort of the next big thing on the to-do list is the Tyler Hero extension. But if you sign him to that extension, and by, and again, you can only, you, you have up to the day before the regular season starts. After that, you can't sign him to that extension anymore. Um, if you do sign him, that basically closes the door on including Tyler Hero in any sort of superstar trade. So Miami's deadline to get a superstar trade done is the day before the regular season, right? right. And it doesn't look like Kevin Durant is going to be that guy at this point. It doesn't look like Donovan Mitchell is going to be that guy. And I don't know that enough, that another superstar is going to become disgruntled between now and the next and the, six and, weeks. And, yeah, in the next in the next few weeks. So I, when, I'll say it again: sometimes you swing for the fences, sometimes you strike out. And and I and when when we talk about what my what being comfortable with this roster moving forward really means, it does mean I think being prepared to sign Tyler Hero to that extension. Now, the question is, and it's been raised by a lot of our viewers and listeners, should the Heat just not sign Tyler Hero to that extension 
And then that way you just maintain that flexibility. He'll enter restricted free agency next summer. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a good one. I think we're seeing it play out to a certain degree in Phoenix. Uh, yes. They, yes, obviously they match the Indiana Pacers one, but there's a, a, a little bit of hurt feelings there. And I think that's always going to continue. Like I, I think you look at Tyler and you think of it from his perspective. And I know a lot of you can brush this off. Uh, because you lack context or understanding and the nuances and things of that sort. And it's not an insult. It's just that's the reality. It's like you're a player. You've worked your whole life to get to this point. You're drafted by this team. They, they put you on a pedestal. They talk about you as you're like a, a, the future of this team. You're 22 years old in Tyler's case. And, and you've done great things at a high level for them. You've, you've shown out in the playoffs. You've, you helped them in the NBA Finals in the Orlando bubble. You put yourself through that kind of stress as a 19-year-old on a rookie deal. And yes, it was a difficult environment. And then you've done everything you can. And I don't think there's any questioning. Yeah, people maybe have reported or criticized him for his off-the-court interest. The reality is that he is a hard-working player that has done everything that this Heat front office has asked him to do and shown out as much as he possibly could to this point. Whether he's limited by athletic ability or not, that doesn't take away from the point that, that, that he has committed himself to Miami Heat levels of basketball. And so having done everything that you possibly could and knowing that you've tried as hard as you could for this franchise to help them get to that next level and expecting to get paid, not not an exorbitant amount of money, but something commensurate for your actual ability and the things that you've done. And they're not willing to do that because they want to keep flexibility because what? Basically, you're not good enough and they're looking to trade you. And you yeah. know they're looking to trade you for either Donovan Mitchell or... Kevin Durant, I, I mean, it's not to say that those players aren't superstars, but that's insulting. That 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 feels like yeah. a slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that's – I don't think the Heat can afford to keep Tyler engaged all of next season knowing that he is being somewhat disrespected uh, and, and not being offered yes. what everybody seems is fair for market value. So I, uh, I don't think that's the case moving forward. I'm with you. Um there is a personal element to this that for sure that like you're expressing that people that you know on the surface may just not really understand or appreciate and it's a real thing and by the way it's not just because you don't want to hurt Tyler Hero's feelings it, it has an on the court impact here Tyler Hero look he takes it personally the fact that he does not start okay yeah. Tyler Hero told me he took it personally when he was thrown into trade rumors the first time around when we were talking about James Harden and stuff like that Tyler Hero takes stuff personally, whether you like it or not, right or wrong, yeah. he takes it personally. And you better believe that if he goes into next season without a contract extension, that he will take that personally. And just like we saw, to your point, in Phoenix with DeAndre Ayton, that was a disappointing end of the season for a lot of reasons, but part of that reason was yeah. the fact that they alienated DeAndre Ayton and he wasn't sure. what they needed him to be in the playoffs. Now, you could blame whoever you want, but the fact is the... The fact, DeAndre Ayton did not play well because, in part, he felt alienated by the organization. If you do that to Tyler Hero, you cannot risk alienating Tyler Hero, all right? Number one, because he is your best young player at this point outside of Bam Adebayo. And number two, he probably is signifies your best chance at a leap forward, if not yeah. a star trade. Tyler Hero yeah. taking a huge leap as a starter next year represents your best chance to repeat and get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and lift yourself back up to the top of the Eastern Conference. Tyler Hero is that guy. You cannot risk alienating that player. You also can't risk alienating him for the sake of what happens in restricted free agency. If, if he gets through this entire season unscathed and whatever, then in restricted free agency, he can cause 
a problem for you. And yeah, Miami can always match whatever offer it is, but do you really want to be dealing with that headache then? And most certainly, I don't think you want to deal with the lingering question of his contract and the fact that he would be tossed into trade rumors between now and mid-February yep. if he doesn't have that extension. I don't think you want that lingering over this locker room. You just don't want that. No, I, you're, it's a good point. I, it's a really good point. That, that stability, like, I, I mean, I know that everybody, uh, Heat fans, all fans of all 30 teams, love putting names in, in you know, the trade machine and speculating on this. Yo, you trade this guy for that guy. It's like, you know, these people are still people, first and foremost. They have families in a lot of cases. Like, you look at Tyler. Yes, he's 22. He's got one baby and one another way on the way. Like, that guy wants to be here with his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she might be, to be part of a stable family. And, and that's just, like, they don't want to be thinking about being traded from one day to the next. Like, we see it every year. We saw this past season with Duncan. Like, once the trade deadline passes, all of a sudden you wind up shooting significantly better. Right. Why? Because that stress. Distractions is just are off real. You hear it all the time with front offices and coaches and everything like that. Yeah. Hey, we don't want to do this, this, and that because we don't want to create a distraction in the locker room. And that right. is what we're talking about here. And so when Miami discusses and tells reporters and anybody that will listen, hey, we're comfortable with this roster going forward, to me, that means that you have to be comfortable re signing Tyler Hero to an extension. Absolutely. And. By the way, and we, should, we could just report this now, I mean, it's just like all indications from people who I talk to from the Heat are that they are comfortable signing him to that extension, that that is indeed right. the plan. If Tyler Hero was not going to be traded for Kevin Durant, then, right. yeah, this team was very prepared to offer him that extension. And and I do think that talks have already happened a little bit here. I, I would think that he probably gets offered something starting at $25 million a year, so like a four-year, $100 million extension, Something in that realm seems to be where this is going. So here we are. We're talking about not being able to acquire Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell because neither of those are realistic targets at this point in time. That's just the way the market has shaped out. You're looking for some added flexibility for at least a few weeks, but the reality also is for that Heat front office that they're going to be re-signing Tyler Hero to that contract extension. So what's left for this Heat roster? Are there any upgrades that they can possibly make? Well, we'll talk about that in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder, you can always reach out to us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Looking forward to going through our 2006 NBA Finals rewatch, and you'll want to make sure that you're getting those episodes as well. So subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Here we are talking about the 2022-2023 Miami Heat, however, because a lot of people still frustrated. We hear a lot from all of you about this player, that player, the other player. Like, can't we just sign anybody? And the reality is, well, that's not a realistic option for this Miami Heat front office either. There are a lot of names out there, but one, there's always, well, there's limited space on the roster. There's limited salary cap space. It's not like you can just go out and sign whoever you want to. So what's left for this Miami Heat front office to do? Well, I think first and foremost is the reality that they're probably bringing back Udonis Haslam, right? That seems yep. like the most likely place. They're going to be adding the 14th player to their roster. Right now, they currently have 13 players signed. The 14th player 
would be Udonis Haslam. They can keep as many as 15. They probably will not do so because, as they mentioned and has been explained before, if they do so, they'll go into the luxury tax, and they'll probably have to either trade away contracts or trade away something of value or cut a player like, say, Haywood Highsmith. So it doesn't seem likely that they'll do so. So let's assume that for now they'll probably just wind up keeping Udonis Haslam as the 14th player on this roster. Where do you stand on this uh, you, as far as UD is concerned? Because I, I don't know if I've ever back. really gotten you. No, bring him back. Bring him like, back. As long, it, it, if he wants to come back for his 20th season, he comes back. Udonis, we were just we were just discussing the locker room dynamics in regards to Tyler Hero. That's a big part of Udonis Haslam's job. And I remember going to a, a Heat game. Yeah. Uh, I went as a fan uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Brooklyn was playing FTX. And I, and I remember sitting, I remember. And, and I got really good seats. I did not pay for these seats, okay? I, got, I was gifted these tickets right next to the Heat's bench. Uh, and it was incredible. Our, our media seats, by the way, at the Heat Arena are not bad. We're basically 50-yard line, top of the lower bowl. Those are pretty decent seats, especially compared to a lot of other NBA arenas where they're not good. Right. But right. these seats were just incredible. And I could hear Udonis Haslam coaching the team in every single break, going to every single player, every chance he got. If you want to tell me that Udonis Haslam isn't worth the roster spot, you're on... I'm not even going to bother having that that conversation with you because, again, it goes back to what we're talking about with Tyler. You just maybe you just don't really understand the dynamics of the interpersonal stuff in the NBA. And the closer right. you get to the NBA, and the more you're in locker rooms and talking to people, the more that personal stuff is evident. And it is very, very clear the importance that Udonis Haslam has. And no, you can't just bring him back as an assistant coach because it doesn't carry the same cachet. You want to hear it from no. your peers, I've, not I've from your coaches. You know, you have right. Chris Quinn and Malik Allen and Anthony Carr. All these guys who were former they players on the, on the roster, they're there. They, they get it, they're, yeah. and they're very good at their jobs, but they don't carry the same weight that Udonis Haslam nope. does around that that building. And so um, bring him back. And it honestly doesn't even matter what we think. They're bringing him back as long as he wants to come back. That 14th roster spot is earmarked for Udonis Haslam. It is the Udonis Haslam Memorial roster spot in Miami <laughs> Heat, in the Miami Heat franchise. It's whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. Um, that said... It does look like it will only be 14 players under con under standard contracts plus the two two-way guys, Darius Days and Marcus Garrett. And that's going to be your roster. Now, Miami does tend to use their two-way guys more than other NBA teams. You could Marcus Garrett and Darius Days will have up to 50 days of active NBA play that they have available to them during the regular season. They're not eligible for the playoffs. Um, so they can use those guys quite a bit mm -hmm. during the regular 50 games. That's a lot of games. So... Um, they'll be able to use those guys in mixing and matching situations and injuries and things like that. So uh, I, I don't think that this team is going to make any other additions. I, I, they're not going to go into the luxury tax because they do plan on signing Tyler Hero to an extension. Uh, Bam Adebayo's extension kicks in soon. And, yep. and when you kind of factor all these things in, they're already going to be in the luxury tax next year. And so by avoiding the luxury tax now for a team that you're basically just admitting with your actions – not necessarily with your words, but with your actions, we are prepared to take a step back this year because we are in chasing for a superstar right now, then why would we pay the luxury tax for a team that we don't think is good enough to win the championship? Because that's what they're saying. They don't think this team is good enough to win the championship. So you don't pay the luxury tax for that team. And so you avoid the luxury tax now because you already anticipate paying the luxury tax later and you don't want to enter the repeater tax, which has exponential growth percentages on top of it. You just end up paying a ton of money for your team. So they're trying to avoid that because they know they're going to pay it next year. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have suggested Colin Sexton, and even on Twitter, and I just, YouTube comments, things of that sort, and I just don't see that he is a, an upgrade. Like, it's one thing 
to discuss the possibility of bringing Colin Sexton last offseason before they signed Kyle Lowry. But now, and I know a lot of people have been critical of what Lowry does, I just don't see Sexton as the realistic option for this group. I just don't see how he makes a significant upgrade. Now, you're looking at the power forward spot. Who else is out there that is going to make such a significant improvement over who they have on the roster? Right now, you can also look at the fact that, according to Barry Jackson and Anthony Chang's report, the Heat are comfortable playing Caleb Martin at yeah. the four. <laughs> That's a little shocking. A little shocking, but yeah, here we are. Well, uh, it's. It, I guess if we're if we're moving forward with this roster, and it seems likely that the Heat are, then your starting your opening day starter at the four might be Caleb yeah. Martin, or at least a, 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 at the forward spot. Let's not even call him the power forward because he's going to be switching constantly between him, <laughs> You've Jimmy, and You've got two small forwards, basically. There is no power forward on this roster right now. You basically are starting two small forwards. Um, they're comfortable because they have to be. Look, when you're when you're uncomfortable and you have to get comfortable, you find a way to get comfortable. That's just the way it works. Uh, the Heat are comfortable because they have to be comfortable. Um, there are significant options on the market uh, that could upgrade that spot in a really meaningful way. The thing is the Heat don't want to upgrade they don't want to just merely upgrade the the power forward spot. They want to get a bona fide capital Star. S superstar. And as much as you might want to go after a John Collins or a Harrison Barnes or a Miles Turner, whoever it might be, it's going to cost you draft picks. And the Miami Heat right now only have two future first round picks that they can trade. Are you willing to part with one or both of them in order to get an upgrade at power forward and then take yourself out of the running completely? For any kind of superstar, because that's the opportunity cost that we're that we're discussing, and this is the calculus that the Heat have already done, and the decision that they've already made. The decision that they already made was: we are willing to just go into the season without a real power forward if it means we get to stay in the mix for the next superstar who becomes disgruntled and asks for a trade and is available. That's the calculus the Heat have made. That's the decision that they have made, and so that's what I expect them to continue to do. And that's why they're comfortable with Caleb Martin is because they've just kind of put themselves in this corner. And by the way, I think Caleb Martin could be the starting forward on opening night. I think it could be Haywood Highsmith. I wouldn't rule it out. They were really impressed with what he did in summer league. I, I think that's an open spot in training camp, just like the two guard spot is. Uh, and so it could be one of those guys. Uh, maybe they move, like we talked about, maybe they end up just moving Bam to the four and Dwayne Dedman starts at center. Who knows? Like mm -hmm. there's, there's options. There's just not a lot of great options, but that's, yeah. That's how the Heat are prepared to go into this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing it laid out like this, and I know that we've been talking about this all offseason. I gotta say, I, I, it sounds a little disappointing. Like I, I don't, I know that they can, I know that they can be good, and yet the the reality is that the view that the front office views this team as not quite good enough, or else they wouldn't be in the hunt for these superstar players. Right. And having said this, you know, I, I don't know why you kind of overlook that position. Like I'm at a point now where I, I think it's, it might even be worth acquiring said players like those kind of John Collinses or Barneses, et cetera, just to make those kind of incremental improvements on this team, just so you could be just a little bit better around the edges. Cause that's just, but then take yourself out of the running for whatever superstar comes. Like let's say Bradley well, Beal is available. I don't know. We you don't can't always get these stars. And so you, you're going through these fluctuations of like, Really, really good. Big three level era, or then you've got the crap of the 2008 through 2010. Okay, so let's explore that. Let's say you say, all right, you know what? We're not willing to trade Bam Adebayo for basically anybody. We can't trade Tyler Hero for a year because we're signing him to this extension now. Let's go ahead and use a first round pick on whatever, John Collins, whoever it is. Just name the player. Now we have a starting caliber sure. power forward. Is that team good enough to win the East anyway? 
Yes. You think so? I think so. I think better so. than I think. Let, let, and let's not even say that Kevin Durant ends up in Boston because if that happens, no. I, I still up. think that's a, that's, a, think that's that, if that happens. That's a, if that Boston, happens, Milwaukee. that's a sweep. Uh, yeah, I think. I wish so. I shared your optimism. I, I, I don't think so, but I wish no, I, look, I, I still think I still think you're going to get improvements from Lowry, Hero, and Bam. Okay. So let's just say you get a roster there. You get Jimmy, who's going to be, I think, just as good as he was last year to some extent. And then you get some small improvement. Like I, I, I think PJ was a significant contributor. And at the same time, like if you can get a player that's going to fit well and be able to complement the other four starters on this roster, yeah. I mean, you can, you're just a better team. Like I just, I don't know why. I, again, I was there in 2020 watching Jay Crowder leave for more stability because we're all in on Giannis Antetokounmpo just for Giannis to go screw you. I'm not going anywhere and winning a title that very same year. I like. Miami just can't put themselves in a position where it's like superstars are bust because right now you've got a but superstar, you've got Jimmy Butler and you've got to be able to commit to him and getting him the best team possible. And if that means starting Haywood Highsmith or John Collins or Harrison Barnes, I think it's a pretty clear understanding of which is the better roster. So I, I don't know that the heat. So here's done... what you do. Here's okay. what you do. And, and I, I, because you're right. If, if you get that improvement from Lowry, from Talio, from Bam, and from Victor Oladipo, by the way, if you can get Absolutely. meaningful steps forward from that group, then I do think that there's an argument to be made that this team could could compete in the East. I'm not willing. I'm not going to rule that out. You know, I'm not trying to be the pessimist over here just for the sake of being a pessimist. But no. you have until the trade deadline. If you yeah, see, if you see that you're get, if you go into the season, you're playing a few weeks, and you're like, oh wow. Tyler, he's really nailed down this. He's, he's locked in the starting two-guard spot. He might be the future. Yeah. He might solve a lot of these issues we've had offensively over the last couple of years. Kyle Lowry, look, what great condition he's in. He's he's back and better than ever. Uh, Victor Oladipo, wow, what a what a world of difference a training camp made for this guy. Uh, Bam Adebayo is scoring, you know, yeah. he's, he's taking his 15 shots no, a game. You're he's right, more you're right. and, then, and, then you, and then maybe you make that deal. Maybe that, at that point you say, you know what, we'll flip Duncan Robinson in a first-round pick for – for a starting caliber power forward or whatever it is that it, it costs. Like, so I, I think that's, I think that's possible, but I think you have to take those steps first. I, I just think you have to see that stuff and be, and have some sort of belief that right now they don't have in this group. You ha something has to change where you believe that this roster can still make a run, that that window is not closed with the team, the way that it's constructed currently. And that may be making a marginable, um, uh, sorry, a marginable upgrade on the roster as opposed to that big splashy shakeup superstar upgrade is good enough. But you have to you have to see reason to believe that first, I think. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I I waffle and I know that's unfair for our listeners sometimes, but even as I think about it, it's just, you know, you, you want to be able to remain competitive. You want to be able to show your star and Jimmy that you're doing everything possible. And I don't know if saying, well we tried is enough. Like I, I just even hearkening to like the, the frustration that Celtics fans felt years ago, hearing about trader Danny Ainge going, well, we put in this offer and it wasn't good enough. It's like, well, you know, you could have gone AD, you could have gone et, et cetera, you know, whatever player was available and you didn't, you weren't willing to pull the trigger on it. And just, I don't know if that's a, a satisfying place to be. And if you're Jimmy Butler and, or this heat franchise uh, fan base. So it's, it's something you can't to do it two years in a row. That's for sure. Can't do it two years in a row. If you're doing they it this went year, all you can't in last year. year. Yeah, they won all in in last yeah. year. They said, "Look, we bring in our star point guard. We yeah. we lost Goran, who we love immensely on this roster, on this front office, the coaching staff. We love Goran, but we had to let him go so we could bring yeah. in Kyle Lowry." Yeah, and you I went to the Eastern right. Conference Finals. You bought yourself a year of grace period, but like 
You can't do it two years in a row. This is the one time you get to just kind of strike out. They did. Does does can Jimmy stay at his prime beyond next season? I don't know. All right, we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode <laughs> of Locked on Heat, that's for sure. Uh, but for now, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Uh, for your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day. With Locked on NBA, Locked on NBA, your daily update in just 30 minutes. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B. 